Hello and welcome to Electronic Ears with me, Fenner. I hope you've been keeping well and looking forward to an hour of electronic music entertainment, starting with a track from a new album by Shriekback. It's not a album of new material by them, but it's called Shriekback Are Seeing Other People. Um, and it's a compilation of collaborations that people in the band have done with other people. It's called Collaborations One, actually, so I suspect there is more to follow. Um, I've been really pleasantly surprised by it. There's a lot of stuff that I didn't even know about, and the quality of it, from what I've heard so far, is absolutely excellent. Starting uh, with a collaboration between Shreepak's main man, Barry uh, Andrews, and Mike Tournier from Fluke, who I always kind of liked, but that kind of never really bit me, if you know what I mean. But actually working together, they've done a great job here. Um, really characteristic lyrics and performance from Barry Andrews, absolutely superb. Um, they work together under the label Anaxaton 6, and this is called Bula Stack. Fuse box, wondrous stray.
A magnificent start to the show. Anaxaton 6, a.k.a. Barry Andrews from Streetback and Flukes Mike Tournier. And that was called Bulastack, which is available probably on one of their releases, actually, but also on the new Shriekback compilation, which you can download from shriekback.com if you are so inclined. Now, I said a couple of weeks ago that Nadine Shah's album, Kitchen Sink, has been my album of the year so far, and it is maintaining that position. It's just a great-sounding record. Sounds different from everything else that's knocking around, or that kind of very generic music that you hear. Um, great songwriting, absolutely great performances, and and just... Just a really lovely sounding album. This track I'm going to play for you this week, which is by no means the last track I'm going to play you off this album, is called Buckfast. Eating food too embarrassing to list. I know why there's an aching in your wrist. Now you're book fast pissed Reciting all the times you kick yourself you missed Reciting all the times you kick yourself you missed Reciting all the times you kick yourself Reciting all the times you kick yourself You missed Reciting all the times you kick yourself Take a swipe at the other in your bed Makes a change from the others in your head And the voices said Pretend to everyone you wish that you were dead Pretend to everyone you wish that you were dead Reciting all the times you kick yourself Reciting all the times you kick yourself You missed Reciting all the times you kick yourself Reciting all the times you kick yourself, you missed. Reciting all the times you kick yourself, you missed. I can't wait till you are able. 
Reciting all the times you kick yourself Reciting all the times you kick yourself Reciting all the times you kick yourself You missed Reciting all the times you kick yourself Great track from a brilliant album. That was Buckfast by Nadine Shah, taken from this year's album, Kitchen Sink. Now, you'll hear me mention on the show from time to time a website called Bandcamp, and I get quite a bit of music from there. And the great thing about Bandcamp, I think, is it's entirely democratic. You can Anyone can put their music up there. If people buy it and download it, Bandcamp take their cut, of course, apart from the occasional Friday where it all goes directly to the artist. And I think that is superb. Of course, what you can do, like if you follow, for example, the Electronica hashtag uh, on Bandcamp, there's just tons of stuff there. And to be frank, it's not all terribly good. And then you realise the advantage of labels like, for example, Mute, who kind of curate, you know, by their very nature, they decide what they're going to put out, who they can give recording contracts to. And I think Bandcamp are beginning to find a good middle ground now by having people writing for them who are selecting from the music on Bandcamp to put together these playlists and articles. I think they call it Bandcamp Daily or something. And I think that's really useful because it's almost like they've got the equivalent of music journalists curating uh, their own space or their label, if you want to put it that way. And one of the artists I've discovered on Bandcamp, who I really like a lot, is a lady called Kayla Painter. And she's released a new double A side this week. Um, I was a little bit torn on which one to play, but then the the Minx had a clear favourite. So we're going with that. This is called Made of Light.
Kayla Painter and Made of Light, which, as I mentioned beforehand, you can down co- download from Bandcamp. I think it's uh, you- actually one of the things that Bandcamp do is they kind of suggest a price. You can pay that, you can pay more. I think you can have that for £2. Um, now, I've said before, and I stand by it, that Nil by Mouth may be the greatest title for an instrumental album ever. It is the name of Blamange's instrumental album. And in fact, they released a second volume, Nil by Mouth 2, late last year. Um, It's nothing in the album that really grabs you, but I don't think that's intention. It's just really nice to have playing. It's something I find nice to work to. I love the sounds that he uses, working with Benj again, a lot of those analogue synths. Um, You'll see what I mean when I kick this off. This is called After the End.
Blomange and After the End, taken from Nil by Mouth, Volume 2. Now, four weeks ago, I played a 12-minute sound collage on the show um, called Cross Country 365 Days. And it was rather uncompromising, I agree. So you might be horrified to admit I'm going to play another track by the artist involved, Minimum Drone Girl, for you this evening. But don't fret. This is far more approachable, I think. I mean, the sounds are gorgeous and has a fantastic sense of space to it. Uh, but for the faint-hearted, you can rest assured there is also some drumming.
Minimum Drone Girl and Improvement District number 12, which is pretty much out-and-out pop compared with cross-country 365 days, I'm sure you'll agree. Now, you can have an interesting conversation about what the role of a producer is when an album is being made. You have your characters like George Martin, who was the fifth Beatle, you know, actually contributed, played on the records. Um, you might have someone like Steve Lillywhite, who's got a very distinctive sound, that big sound he had on the first three U2 albums and who worked with people like Peter Gabriel. And then you've got someone like Brian Eno, who seems to bring something out in a band, some some part of them that was kind of tucked away or never brought out into the light. And you can look at the work he did with Talking Heads, for example, or with U2 on Achtung Baby and with James. And I sometimes wonder what bands might have sounded like bands I really like, if they'd done some work with Brian Eno. Like, imagine Simple Minds in 1980. How My Empires and Dance have turned out with Brian Eno at the helm. Although that is a great album in its own right, and I wouldn't want to mess with it at all. But I also think maybe if he'd worked with Wire in the mid-80s, that could have been really interesting. And I found out that he actually plays keyboards on one of the tracks on the album I bought last week. Uh, it's by Graham Lewis, who's the bass player in Wire. He had a project in the 80s called He Said. And it turns out that Brian Eno played some keyboards on one of the tracks, so perhaps that's the closest we're going to get to an Eno-Wire collaboration. I'll play it for you now. This is called I Fall Into Your Arms.
Now, I'm not sure Brian Eno was particularly in evidence there, but all the same, he was playing keyboards, I'm assured. That was He Said, and I Fall Into Your Arms. Now, going back to this Shriekback Collaborations album that I got this week, one of the tracks is by their drummer, Martin Barker, working with Hans-Joachim Rodelius, uh, one of the godfathers of ambient music, uh, but who actually did an album reasonably recently with Lloyd Cole, of all people. Um, I had no idea that Martin Barker had worked with Rodelius, so I was delighted to come across this. It's actually uh, it's a great piece of music. It's called Flying Saucer on the grounds that Martin Barker is actually playing a hang drum. Have you ever seen one of those? They are shaped, as you'll have guessed by now, like a flying saucer.
Martin Barker from Shreveback playing the hang drum with Rodelius on that track called Flying Saucer, which, as you'll have guessed, is available on that Shreveback Collaborations One album, which you can download from their website. So this is a show that is primarily about electronic music, but it's also about stuff that's sonically interesting. And I came across a good example of this this week. I was listening to PJ Harvey's first album, Dry, which is an absolute winner. It's a great, great album. But you can also buy a separate album, which is the demos that she recorded for Dry before she went into the studio to do that. And there's a track on there called Oh My Lover, which is the opening track on the Dry album. And the demo version is lovely, you know. It's her and an acoustic guitar singing this song. And it's exactly the kind of thing that wouldn't particularly appeal to me. I might enjoy it, but I wouldn't play it twice. And then you go and listen to the album version, the final version, when they've taken it into the studio and the band have played with it, and it turns into something that is interesting and actually quite magnificent. And I think, crucially, PJ Harvey goes from singing the song to actually really performing it. So go and seek out the demo version on Spotify, but here's the version they did for the album. This is PJ Harvey and Oh My Lover.
fantastic PJ Harvey and Oh My Lover, the opening track to her debut album, Dry. Now, if you listen to the show regularly, you've heard me mention before a website called The Song Sommelier, and I occasionally write pieces for them. wrote one about Mark Hollis when he passed away, about Japan, various other bands, and I'm just finishing off one about Nick Cave at the moment, which will be published around the time that Nick Cave's new live album, Idiot Prayer, comes out, which was the show he recorded at Alexandra Palace a few weeks ago. Um, The next one I have to work on is one about Ultravox, uh, as it happens. And so I've just kind of started thinking about what I'm going to do with that. And coincidentally to what I was talking about earlier on, Brian Eno actually produced their first album uh, called, uh, was that called Ultravox? I think it actually was just called Ultravox. Uh, Also assisted in the studio by Steve Lillywhite, who also mentioned earlier on. The track I'm going to play you now is from their second album. By now, Brian Eno has gone away. Steve Lillywhite has hung around. Uh, it's a punkier sounding kind of record. I mean, this was made in the late 70s. Um, but it's also the start of when Billy Curry really brings his keyboards to the party and begins to develop what will eventually become that ultra-rox sound. And the great thing about Billy Curry, is an amazing musician, great viola player, actually. Also a great keyboard player, but also brilliant sound engineer you know we talk about sound designers these days that wasn't really a phrase back then but he always got great sounds out of synths um he did work with visage went on to play with gary newman actually and the stuff he does on gary newman's live albums just sounds incredible and as it happens gary newman was very influenced by early ultravox and by john fox and he had an album uh, on his first album called every day i die and this track i'm going to play you now by ultravox is called the man who died every day
You always kept the sunset behind your lonely shoulder. You never showed on photographs and you never grew much older. You flicker like a shaky shadow, moving like a thief. You never drop your facade and you never seek relief. Cause you're the man who dies every day. Ultravox and The Man Who Dies Every Day from their second album, Ha Ha Ha. So just a couple of tracks left to go. The first of those is another track taken from the Shriekback uh, Collaborations album. This time it's Carl Marsh, who wrote and recorded this song for his A&R man's girlfriend, Amanda Kravitz. Uh, it's very representative of the kind of stuff he was doing after he left Shriekback in the mid-80s. Um, but in this case, he had access to his record company's back catalogue as well. So there's like, for example, on this, some sampling of Ravi Shankar playing sitar. This is Carl Marsh with Amanda Kravitz and words, <laughs> sorry, words Fail Me.
Marsh and Amanda Kravitz and Words Fail Me. So next weekend, the Minx and I are supposed to be going to Dusseldorf. Uh, it was a birthday present for me earlier in the year, but of course got delayed because of the coronavirus. It's something of a pilgrimage. We're going to go to this small industrial estate where Kraftwerk had their clink-clang studio in the 70s and 80s, so I can just stand outside and look at it. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. Doesn't sound great, does it? But I am looking forward to it. So this week, I've been listening uh, to some old craft work stuff and some newer stuff as well. And I was I always listen to the German versions for a couple of reasons. One is I think Ralph Hutter's singing kind of works better in that language he was writing in. Um, and you can really hear that on songs like Computer Lieber. Um, and also sometimes you get extra lyrics, as you do on the track Computer World. I realise I've never played this next song on the show, which is probably the best-known Kraftwerk track, although this is the German version. Um, I'm going to play you Das Modell. Before I do that, I'll say thank you very much for listening. I hope you'll be back next week. And until then, cheers. Bye. One, two, three, four.